Wine and Popcorn Podcast, episode 24. Nelly kicks a 16-hour street sweeper freestyle on the Senate floor, trying to save funding for Planned Parenthood. Liz lets David Rosen know that, look, I'm not trying to catch feelings behind this little situation we're doing here. And I'm wondering when Olivia Pope's mixtape drops, because she certainly earned one after this uh, winter season finale episode of Scandal. All this plus guest gladiator, two-time Grammy Award winner, vocalist Lisa Fisher joins me on Wine and Popcorn today because the Wine and Popcorn podcast starts right now. is the Wine and Popcorn Podcast, giving you recaps of ABC's hit show Scandal from an irreverent black bougie perspective. I'm your host, Krista Summit, the Wine Gladiator, and I break down uh, the highlights of the show, as well as the fashion, hair, music, the wine, and of course, all the foolishness that we get into on social media while Scandal is on. is offering wine and popcorn listeners a free audiobook of their choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Um, all you got to do is go to my link, which is audibletrial.com forward slash wine and popcorn, and you can choose from over 180,000 different audiobook titles. All you got to do is go to that link, download, and start listening. Uh, it's just that easy. So again, go to audibletrial.com forward slash wine and popcorn and uh, get started today. What is good, Wide Gladiators? This is your host, Krista Summit. I'm so glad to be back with you here uh, to recap the winter season finale of ABC Scandal. I... Uh, was holding up on doing this. I wasn't being um, late on it, uh, but I was holding up because I knew uh, I was going to have this special guest gladiator and I wanted to uh, do that at all at the same time. So uh, yeah, I got a really, really good interview uh, with Grammy award winning vocalist, uh, Ms. Lisa Fisher and coming up in a little bit. And so let's get um, into this uh, season finale, winter finale of uh, ABC Scandal. Um, this episode was called Baby It's Cold Outside. And, and, and it, you know, I, I don't know, I guess maybe just there's a lot of cold stuff going on in this episode. But um, it, in general, it kind of just didn't quite get it for me except for one or two um plot points and it, you know it kind of built to this real quick crescendo and then kind of ended in this um like music video montage and it kind of started to look like one of those uh 
BET Christmas uh, movies like Last Holiday or something like that. Uh, so anyhow, uh, let me let me go ahead and jump on in here. Um, you know, one thing I know when uh, my friend uh, Howard Eason of He Designs uh, was on the show as guest gladiator, you know, he talked about how Liv's wardrobe is always symbolic. And I was reminded of that because Liv is wearing black and white together um, in a good part of the episode, um, although she starts out in, in red and white. And I think it really goes to the conflict and the internal um, conflictedness that's going on with Liv and her life um, relative just to her career, relationship with Fitz, uh, life uh, circumstances, and so on. Um, so, you know, it, although they start out kind of it's kind of almost like they're taking a jab at how do I want to say this I don't know if they're taking a jab at American society and American politics or more of a jab at Michelle Obama uh, and which anyway and please do not you know blow me up on that hear, hear what I'm trying to say that you know, it, it isn't lost on me, and I think it lost on a lot of women that Michelle Obama, in her role as FLOTUS, has not really probably exercised all of her gifts and intellect. I think we forget she is as accomplished as her husband professionally and uh, educationally, that she is an Ivy League law school graduate. I'm which school escapes me right now, but um, I know she's um, an Ivy League law school graduate, honor student. Uh, you know, uh, worked as a lawyer. She was Barack's supervisor actually when they first met, uh, as when he was an intern. So, you know, I think they're kind of drawing a correlation uh, between that and. Olivia's uh, being kind of thrust into the role of Melly um, as far as uh, being first lady. So I get, you know, and, and this is just my opinion. This is just Krista talking, but I think the um, big turning point in American history was the Jackie Kennedy of the White House. And if you know anything about the Kennedys, that was all by design. But she came in and brought beauty and style and culture uh, to the White House that had not really been there before, you know, um, the White House concerts, the Kennedy Center honors, um, having the Poet Laureate, um, all those films they did, you know, filming in the White House and so on with the design and... Um, decorations and the Christmas tree and all that. She really brought that in. And at that bar, either directly or indirectly has stayed, um, as an expectation of, um, first ladies. And so Olivia gives it a try, but you can just see her stomach turning over inside. And Carrie Washington does a great job of acting this. You can see she's just beside herself about to come out of her skin talking about cookie recipes and picking out china patterns for 
the White House Christmas dinner and all those things. And, you know, if, if you are a professional woman or an educated woman with whatever discipline, um, I think you can some way relate to that churn and that angst that you see her acting out. It's like, really? You know, I can speak fluent Farsi and you're asking me about snickerdoodle recipes that you could get from the Girl Scouts or somebody or seriously. Um, I mean, you could just see that turmoil and it's not lost on us. Also, I think now that we have an African-American first lady in the White House, which we love, um, love Flotus to death. But at times, I think we, when she's doing the vegetable garden and the let's move, and now she's doing, which is really cool, the rap with, with uh, the comedian Jay Pharoah about, um, you know, going to college and studying and so on. And that is, that is terrific. All of those things are important, but I think there's a part of, 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 um, women, female society in America, and I think black female society that say, ah, oh, sis, that's so beneath you. You know, you, you, you could be secretary of state if you wanted. Uh, uh, you know, why are you capitulating to to this? And I, I think that is what uh, you see um, played out in, uh, you know, in this framework of, of, of scandal in this winter finale. And really, it's kind of been leading up to this for a while. And then, you know, just from a symbolism standpoint, you see that start to um, play out just, you know, she's wearing these little red and white cutesy pattern dresses and pulling her hair back and bump, bump, bump. And the last straw is kind of sort of when she's at one of these dinners and this lady says, you know, I could use your help. I don't know who to go to. I don't know if you're the right person. And Liv perks up thinking, oh, great, I'm going to get an uh, um, OPA case. And the lady, that's when she asks about the, the cookie recipe. And you could just see Liv almost, you know, uh, throw up in her mouth a little bit. She's just so, so... Um, outdone with that whole situation. And in a way, it's it's chickens coming home to roost, because if you remember back when Melly and, and Liv had that conversation in the walk-in closet, and Melly um, showed Liv where she hid her um, hooch or moonshine or corn liquor, whatever you want to call it, uh, up there in that uh, Louis Vuitton uh, small uh, steamer trunk, she told her this is how it was going to be. Because uh, remember, Melly is is accomplished as well. She's kind of sort of was in this this same uh, position that, you know, she's a lawyer too. She's smart. She's probably, um, they kind of allude to the fact she's smarter than Fitz. So, you know, there was that same dynamic. And I think Liv, you know, um, as we have all been blinded by love, went, you know, forged ahead anyway. And now she, she is where she is. Um, so anyway, um, so moving on from that, and I, you know, it, it's really like she's, and, and you see this, whether it's, you know, politics or business or um, in the church, I'll just say it, that oftentimes, if it's a bail in leadership, you see women are used as a, a, one of my, one of my clergy friends like to, likes to say, oh, that's just, they're just an ornament. Um, or a, a decoration or an accessory. And uh, so I think that's what Shonda's calling to, to light here very, very astutely. And I, I thought that was really, really strong, uh, strong way to open. Um, 
So then we got to go get into the whole defunding Planned Parenthood issue with um, Melly kind of being the um, protagonist on that. Melly um, goes to the, she kind of gets, tries, tries to get cornered or gets cornered by the shady senator that was, you know, threatening to blackmail Fitz. And, you know, they're trying to get her to um, play ball and go along and, and just pass the bill. And, you know, righteous indignation kind of wells up in Melly and she's just like, uh-uh, I'm not going to do this. And just courage of conviction shoots up out of her chair, runs up to the front of the Senate and proceeds to um, filibuster to keep that bill from hitting the floor. Um, and as I said, kicks the 16 hour um, street sweeper freestyle. And I think this was a uh, an homage to the. Uh, congresswoman in texas who stood there in her running shoes for 12 hours uh for for you know uh, for the um anti-abortion legislation down in texas and uh so you know again big you know big homage to her and, and i thought that was really well done um belly is a soldier i think more and more as each episode goes on um you're starting to see what she was dealing with and she's kind of really coming into her own now. And um, also you see the dynamic with, with her and Liv changing, which is really, really interesting. Get to that in a second. Um, so kind of meanwhile, back at the ranch, while all this is playing out, um, we, we kind of see that Jake figures out that uh, Tom Larson was in cahoots with, and I, I can't remember what his character's name is, but I'll call him um, Brian, the guy from Stomp the Yard, whose uh, uh, stage makeup is always about two shades too light for him. Why, I don't know, but it, it is a problem. Anyway, so Stomp the Yard and Tom Larson um, are in cahoots, and they are basically running that whole Lazarus one or whatever um, random... Uh, operate covert operation that burned down the Louvre and all that jazz. Um, I was hoping it was going to be mama Pope. I want to see her back on the show. So anyway, um, that, that you see all that play out and Huck shoots, stomp the yard and okay, moving on. Um, you know, I think they tried to get, make the um scene there's a scene between that's kind of weaving throughout this story woven throughout this story between huck and daddy pope so huck's got daddy pope snatched up tied up in uh some warehouse somewhere so huck's just kind of they kind of go back and forth at each other and talk um and kind of and have this war of cutting words but there's really no um no violence happens between with either of them, which is, you know, highly unusual for both of them. And again, um, it gets to be this, okay, what can I do to push your button? Um, what can I do to make you flip out? And so daddy Pope tries to, you know, get Huck rant wound up about his son and his wife and not seeing them and that whole dynamic. And Huck gets really angry and claps back, um, really claps back at Daddy Pope. And it was like, you know, um, where were you for Olivia when she was being vilified in the press? Um, both, you know, from a race standpoint and a gender standpoint, 
uh, when the the affair with uh, when she revealed the affair with with Fitz, uh, where were you? She, um, you know, you weren't being a father then. Um, are you are you you have failed your daughter? You failed as a father. She chose the president over you. Do you think she really loves him, or is it that she just hates you so much and she's doing this to spite you? And then he says a couple of things, which I'm trying to think how to couch since this is kind of sort of a G rated show. Uh, he kind of basically says, um, which white boy do you think it was that she chose to, uh, get down with, let me just say it that way, uh, to spite you. And daddy Pope's just kind of like, Ooh, this has got real. And he doesn't really say a whole lot, which is unusual for him because, you know, he always has these wonderful, wonderful monologues. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he just, just, yeah, that's just a great character. Uh, one of those classics, I think. All right. So let's see. Um, so the whole time so Millie's filibuster kind of sort of gets out in the media and you see Cyrus watching it and 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 Fitz and uh Olivia at at different points of time and you know so they're all kind of like well what's this about what's she doing and of course Fitz thinks it's about him and Liv says maybe it ain't about you at all and you know um so Fitz is like well fine whatever I gotta go back to work so like I say you really get to see Melly is a soldier I mean she was up there for 16 hours didn't have a bathroom break had a power bar she stole off somebody's desk uh you know I mean she just really really stood uh stood her ground and so um Liv ends up um, helping Melly out, and I guess there's some rule of of law or rule or Robert's Rules of Order or something that the vice president, who's the president of the Senate, can come in and ask a question and kind of sort of take over for somebody that's filibustering. So Liv figured out, called uh, Vice President Tracy Turnblatt. Um, her name's Susan. I just call her Tracy Turnblatt because that's who she reminds me of from Hairspray and said, look, you know, um, can you get down there and help a sister out? She, she's down there dying and she needs a break. And so, um, they, you know, Melly goes dying into the bathroom. She's washing her face like, oh Lord, I think I'm done. And Liv goes in there and it's like, girl, please. You are the baddest yacht that I know. Get in there and finish what you started. Shut it down, drop the mic, and walk away. And Melly looks at her like, yeah, you're right. Okay, girl, I'm, I'm going to go give them the rest, a little more of this, and then and, and I'm going to be through. Um, so, and I really do also think Bellamy, um, oh, gosh, her name's escaping me. The lady that plays Melly uh, should get an Emmy for supporting actress and just on the strength of this episode because she really acted her butt off, and she has all year. Um, also there was a little cute, I'm just loving this little cute, cutesy crush that, uh, Tracy Turnblad has on David Rosen. Cause it, it is really cute. And I'm just can't wait to see how it plays out. I think it's going to end up being kind of like a Huck and Quinn romance or, um, 
maybe Quinn and Charlie, although I don't like them together. But I think that Huck, it's going to be kind of like a little Huck and Quinn type of cute, cute little sideline. Um, and as I said in the teaser, you know, Liz, Lizzie and David are um, friends with benefits right now. And seems like David's kind of sort of catching feelings. And so he bought her a Christmas present. And she's looking at him like, <laughs> we cutty buddies. We ain't, you know, this is not what this is about. Don't you watch uh, Being Mary Jane? Um, you know, her and the football player, that's that's me and you, okay? You got it? I don't know. Don't give me no bracelet with no little olive branch or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, David's little feelings was hurt. And he was like, oh, well, daggone, it is Christmas. I mean, dang. So when Tracy Turnblatt comes by and, and uh, uh, blesses him with a little small batch scotch, uh, some Maker's Mark or something or other, or not scotch, excuse me, bourbon, I don't know, some brown liquor. Okay, so she brought him some little bougie, you know, small batch brown liquor. And she said, oh, I thought you could put this in your eggnog. And he was lying looking at her like, oh, wait a minute. So in a little f- kind of spur of the moment thing, um, he says, oh, here. I got you this and gives her the bracelet he was trying to give Liz. So, of course, um, you can see in Susan, Vice President Susan's face, you know, she's here in um, uh, Secret Garden in the background. You know, know, she just, oh, over the moon. So he might as well have gave her an engagement ring at that point because she was just gone. So that was cute like i said well i want to see how that plays out um what happened next all right so um and this is where it kind of gets a little weird and i've been wrestling with how to 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 recap this properly so i'm just going to do it straight up and go with my gut and and you know see how it happens um so they're playing silent night um by the the version that Aretha Franklin did, which is fabulous, and over that that you kind of do a, a semi montage of um, Jake killing um, dude from Stomp the Yard, and you know Liv doesn't show up. She's supposed to be at a Christmas dinner with with Fitz for something other, so one of them formal dinners, and she ain't there, and she's kind of doesn't say anything and you know I rewatched this and I was trying to figure out okay were there any clues that she gave to let you know that and if you haven't seen it Liv is pregnant and I really didn't see any clues in this episode to allude to that so it was a little bit of a um jump cut I guess you could say to the next you see Liv sitting in what's clearly some sort of medical office waiting room and then the nurse calls her back and says are you ready you know to begin or whatever and Liv gets up and walks back and it's still you know playing silent night which is kind of weird but um, you know I will say though that in the last I guess maybe two seasons 
I think Shonda has foreshadowed that for quite some time because there have been some situations. um, I think the main one that's coming to mind is when um, Cyrus and James were getting their baby Ella baptized and Fitz was the godfather. There was just this really awkward scene, kind of interesting scene, I should say, where, you know, Fitz is holding the baby while, you know, he's being baptized and he's looking into Olivia's eyes passionately. And it's almost like, this is what I want with you. I want, I want us to be a family and I want us to have a baby. I mean, that's really what I saw with the exchange. And then, you know, talk about a but or a romance kill. Then they go get it on in this in the uh, wiring closet in the church, and oh, that was that was a trip. But anyhow, I don't know if y'all remember that. That was the one where if you watch real close, Liv takes the drawers off and puts them in her in her uh, purse, and I was like gangster. But anyway, so I think there's been some foreshadowing of that off and on for time some time, but it just in this episode, it just is kind of like. Oh, okay. Went to see Melly. Okay, um, I'll, you know, I'm gonna go get an abortion, and I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't. They almost kind of made it like it was a, you know, Liv was going to get a pedicure. You know, I mean, it was just handled that nonchalantly. I guess is what I'll say. And and I, you know, and I don't know. I don't know what Shonda Rhimes' reasoning was, um, but they almost make it seem like okay Liv's pregnant she knew she was pregnant she didn't seem troubled necessarily um by it or worried or anything else but it's almost like she's like oh Melly's filibustering about the Planned Parenthood bill I think I'll go ahead and get an abortion and I I really would like to think Olivia was more uh, serious about it than that. I mean, that just kind of stands to reason. So I, again, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I was a little disappointed in just kind of how they, they let that story unfold. Um, and, you know, and they actually show live in the, uh, operating room and, um, Silent Night is still playing, which was just, I was almost kind of like disturbing because it's just like, this is just, I don't know. I don't know what I would have played over that. I just, I don't know. I I just don't know that I would have picked that particular song, but all right. Okay. I'm going to get, get off of that. So then, um, this is when, as the kids say, stuff got real. So Liv comes, and this is the other thing I thought was weird. Now, you just had a surgical procedure. I don't necessarily imagine you're going to feel like coming, well, you're going to be able to handle drinking 100-proof corn liquor after any surgery, whatever it is. I just can't imagine that. Um, Liv comes flying back into the, the White House, into the bedroom, and Fitz talking about where you been? We were looking for you for the so and so dinner. And Liv is looking for the hooch, which Lily, you know, which Melly told her, you gonna need this. Trust me, you know, put it in the glass case, break in case of emergency. You gonna need it, girl. And so you know, Liv takes that, takes it to the head. Doesn't even put it in the glass. No ice. No chaser. No nothing. And then 
she and Fitz are going for broke. They are clapping back at each other like I have not seen since they had that scene in the garden where they were talking about they had no control and they I belong to you no I belong to you and how I you know and how anxious they were when they couldn't see each other it was just that intense and um so you know, and Liv's talking about she's living in a cage. I'm a big dog. You just can't stand it because I can run with the big dogs too. Um, and, you know, they're just talking at each other, clearly not listening to each other. So they are totally amped. All turnt, turnt all the way up past 10, break off the knob. They were so turned up. And lives yelling you got me living in this cage and you treat me like some wife or girlfriend or property and Fitz is saying I asked you to come in here she said you didn't ask me you kidnapped me and brought me in here and wheeled all of my fly um Chloe and Maison Margiela outfits in here and didn't even ask me appreciate you taking it to the cleaners but still and you know I mean they are just going and who lying to who and uh Melly wasn't like this and you know the bottom line is live living fits have never freely been together so this is a whole new ride for both of them and then Liv says hey this is what I was trying to tell you when you wanted to get married the first time and I told you no we need time because we're gonna get hit hard once we go um wide release with this relationship and of course Fitz didn't listen but you know, um, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, and I guess then, and then also some resentment came out from Fitz a little bit about, oh, you coming in here running around calling shots, and you came in here and you were, you know, basically I think upstaging him. Well, you know, he sat there, he didn't object. He was fine to let her run the country, and he just kind of sat there and grinned and <laughs> look at my girl, ain't she cute? And then when all the stuff with Daddy Pope came in, um, everything changed. So, you know, um he says look I proposed to you and she's talking about that wasn't no proposal that was manipulation I mean it was getting to be like a, a Selena Johnson song I was just like oh lord this is gonna be chapter six of, of Selena Johnson's new album confession you know you don't pay the you don't be the boss guess what you gotta pay the cost Woo wee! I mean she could Selena could get like a double album out of this I'm talking about like trapped in the closet um so anyway, if you if, if if you do that, Selena, if you're listening to this, you know, if you write a, an album based off of Fitz and Liv's last scene, um, just give me a little shout out, a little production credit or something. Um, anyway, um, I'm trying to think, what else did they say? I, I was writing some notes. They were going back and forth so fast. Um, and Liv's finally just breaks down. like, look, there ain't no us. There is no this. We aren't going to have any Vermont. There ain't no jam. We don't have a future. We don't have anything. I can't do this. I tried. I can't do it. And considering you got me locked up up here, you would run too if you were me. Um, and she said, look, you know, we're, we already broken. Um, how well, there's no way we could succeed and Fitz said well you just liked me when I was unavailable 
Um, and, and, and Liv said, and I was just like, Ooh, girl, drop the mic, drink another sip of hooch after this lunch. And she said, listen, Melly did all of this, you know, first lady stuff. I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to be your everything. And now I do. And I don't like it. Um, and Ave Maria is playing by Stevie Wonder during that time. So I don't know. It was almost reminding me of how, you know, if you've ever seen any of the mafia films, particularly any of the Godfather trilogy, when something's about to go down, um, you like, a, a you know, if there's a hit or, uh, uh, yeah, usually a hit murder going, going to go down that, um, it's always interspersed with, um, scenes from the catholic church um usually there's a lot of imagery like uh oh you know um the statues of the virgin mary or you see uh um uh you know baby getting baptized or something of that nature and it seemed like they were kind of trying to use that and juxtaposed against this scene but it just wasn't working for me and i again i i would have to sit down and really think about how i would score this episode but in terms of the music and stuff but that just ave maria and silent night just it, none of that was really it was just disturbing it made it uncomfortable um to watch and it was a little bit awkward forced i don't know just wasn't quite hitting on 100 for me um so anyway so the 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 way the the episode closes out is like um this little montage and that's i said this where it kind of goes into a little you know like bet holiday movie from 1997 that kind of thing and you know Quinn's sitting up there kind of sad and she drinking vodka um aristocrat vodka out the bottle in her little raggedy apartment and then Charlie shows up with some little Christmas decorations and you know and they kiss and okay whatever wherever he came from and then and Liv is sitting in the apartment and the phone rings and you kind of thinking it's Fitz wanting to come back and it's the delivery people um delivering a new couch so she finally then got rid of that couch with the no in which she never replaced the couch cushion um and so it ends with which i thought was just really corny with um <laughs> live drinking wine and eating popcorn but grinning at the christmas tree lights and i'm like what is that what does that mean i mean that's just almost like a I don't know. I just, it was just whack. It is just, the, the ending was really whack, especially after that big crescendo of um, the, the battle between Liv and Fitz. Um, that was just a really, it looked kind of thrown together. So, okay. And uh, as I said though, and then it occurred to me what I was watching. I said, we're sitting here watching a black female run show in which a black female lead character who is shacking up in the White House with a white president and cussing the white president out and telling him about himself, dragging him for filth, whatever you want to say, while drinking corn liquor and having just come from having an abortion. When is Liv's mixtape coming out? I mean, Liv could drop the second coming of five deadly venoms after that joint. I mean, I was just like, this is this is a phenomena. It really, truly is a phenomena, and I, and I'm not making light of the plot. Please don't don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, this is really something that 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 this is uh, this exists, you know, and that it can exist and, and be acted so well. 
Okay, so as I told you, I am just 10 feet off the ground excited about the guest gladiator that we have today. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Uh, So here we go with the guest gladiator, Ms. Lisa Fisher. Hello, wine gladiators. Now listen, um, back when I told you I was going to start having guest gladiators on the show this season, um, I told you I had a big surprise coming soon. Well, today is that day, and I am stoked. I'm beyond super excited to bring you guest gladiator today, two-time Grammy Award-winning vocalist and my friend, Lisa Fisher. Hey, Lisa. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, and I am so stoked to have you on the show. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'm honored, 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 honored. I'm going to try not to act like a fangirl. <laughs> so um, and for those of you who don't know or listening, and yes, black people, yes, that Lisa Fisher. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so after four decades of singing background for icons such as Rolling Stones, Tina Turner, Shaka Khan, Nine Inch Nails, and of course, Luther Vandross, Lisa is now finally offering her own humble, heartfelt song, op- accompanied by her inventive new band, Grand Baton. Uh, this unexpected success of the Oscar-winning documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom, which was about the life and career of background singers in 2013, uh, really altered the course of Lisa's musical journey and left fans wanting more. So the past 18 months have resulted in a, a whirlwind uh, with performances at Newport and Monterey Jazz Fest, Hollywood Bowl, major cities all over the world. Lisa, I probably just could talk all day and not do you justice, but and I've just given <laughs> listeners a <laughs> a little overview, but why don't you just, in your own words, let us get to know you personally and, and, and just tell a little bit about yourself, what you're up to. I, um, well, I am a Brooklyn native. I uh, was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm 57 years old. I just turned 57. Um, okay. I feel great. I currently live in New Jersey. Um, I just love the process and the romance of making music. It's my life. It's what I live for. Um, and I consider myself a, a pretty simple girl, you know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, 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 you know, you see so much and you, and you're around so much. But I tend to, I, I don't know if it's a, a getting older kind of thing, but I tend to just kind of. Uh, gravitate now more towards uh, just simple things, you know, mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. as simple as just doing my laundry, washing the dishes, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The idea of just like running out and partying for me is not really, I don't know. It's not quite my thing. It never really has been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I consider myself a simple girl. Okay. Awesome. Well, very cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a, a simple question. Uh, and this is something I have been dying to ask you since I saw the movie. And you know me, I'm like queen of details. But are you like always a cheerful morning person? Because when we first saw you in that movie, you were asleep. All right. And they like zoomed in on your alarm clock. Your alarm was set for like 645. And somebody called you at oh dark 30. And you were just like... <laughs> 
was like, this is the happiest person in the world. Oh, my God. I would have been evil. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I think I wake up sort of happy so long as I'm. As long as I'm feeling physically well, you know, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. you know, if I haven't been out all night drinking and and all that kind of stuff, I I wake up a happy girl, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm okay, well, that's thankful. Important. Just thankful to wake up in the morning because it's not a given, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah. is true. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me let me move on in here uh, with uh, from the the movie. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, and I think one of the ways we like originally connected was that, you know, you are just so engaged and so transparent on social media. And um, so did the move, was it the movie that started you using social media to connect with your audience and, and fans or were you doing it before that? I think the movie did um, sort of, well, how can I explain it? I had a, I had a personal you know, uh, Facebook page. And, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to keep my personal life separate from my work life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Linda Goldstein, who's my manager at original artists, um, uh, organized the pages for me so that I could actually be in touch, but still feel uh, a separation, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but still feel like I'm in touch. So it's a really beautiful way to, just circulate and be in touch with people and kind of see, you know, give them an opportunity to kind of speak about what's important to them, how they feel, um, their suggestions, their dreams, their wishes, um, and to just share information. So it's been really a lovely uh, process. And I answer them, you know, all myself. I don't hire someone to do it. Um, So I do try to uh, to, to just be in touch, uh, in a way that, that feels comfortable for me at this time. I mean, I don't know how things will, will go in the future as far as time, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. according to what I'm doing, it gets a little crazy to try to answer every single one, but I do my best to try to get to all of them at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Unless, unless it's a little out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, then I just go note to self, and I just keep moving. But you yep, know, yep, yep, yeah. Tinfoil hat wearer. Yep, <laughs> cray cray. <laughs> yeah, I understand. That's why that block feature on Twitter is just a beautiful thing. Uh, he's block and keep it moving. Um, yeah, yeah I totally, totally been there. Totally been there. Yeah, um, because basically, so, you want to keep a, a positive energy flowing. That's really the absolutely. whole point. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's, I mean, there's lunatic fringe everywhere. And and certainly social media is no exception. So you want to try to, you know, keep it, keep it, keep it in the middle of the road. I I totally feel you on that. Mm So, um, uh, so you kind of answered my next question. So that's cool. (laughs) Yes, I was going to ask you about (laughs) No, I was just going to ask you what it was like. Do do you get, is it helpful to get feedback? from fans and kind of read their mood and engage does that help you as far as like with shows or set lists or things like that i'm not sure if it's helpful as much as it is informative yeah that's what i meant yeah Uh, it's like it's it's uh it's a great question and you know because what i don't want to feel like is a boat in the middle of an ocean in a storm 
you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll get um, opposing opinions about what people think you ought to do. And I think as a background singer, that was cool because you're working for a particular purpose that you're hired for. Mm-hmm. But I'm what I'm I think what I'm experiencing now, which is really new for me, is that I'm allowing myself the freedom to dream. And I with that palette, I kind of am trying just to keep my dreams as clear as possible. You know, and my waking hours and I look at, you know, people's uh, dreams and suggestions, I I keep that in mind, but I always consult with my with my gut about Mm -hmm. what feels right for me, you know, because nobody can wear your shoes like you wear your shoes, you know. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. Well, it's like you you talked about um, one of my favorite interviews with you is when you were on the panel with with Bell Hooks and you were talking about um, the I believe it was the director of uh, the movie wanted you to sing a an Aretha Franklin piece and you were like I'm not feeling Aretha Franklin. <laughs> it's, you know it's important because well, you got to be true to yourself because otherwise you're going to come off phony and people are not going to you know people will see through that you know like eh, that's not really yeah. her. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that. You no, know, Morgan is just amazing. He was mm-hmm. so loving and giving, and he was just coming up with ideas, which was really great. Oh, yeah. And uh, so when he came up with that idea, I was just like, and as much as I love Aretha, I just feel like for me, I wouldn't do her any justice. You know what mm. I mean? It's like she is just so who she is. And I and I felt like, well, it would be different if I were doing a recording session for someone and they were like, well, we want you to kind of have an Aretha Franklin vibe. I would probably try to do my best and know in my heart I could never, you know, you know, do it, you know, in the sense of how she does it, because there's only one Aretha. And so what was beautiful about Morgan is that he allowed me the freedom to just just speak my mind. I was just like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> And he was just so cool about it. And and a lot of people probably would not be so cool about that. You know what I mean? It's like once they have a vision, this is how it should go and blah, blah, blah. But he was just (laughs) so absolutely open and so cool. And and, And I think that's what I like about artistic people who are creative. It's like he's got enough of the left and right brain married together that it's just fabulous to work with him. He's just amazing. Okay. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's that is good. It is so important. It's I think it's just all part of that creative process that I hear you guys you guys talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny if I had not said what I said that day, the whole Samuel Barber section would not have existed. And can, can I just say, look, so a couple of weeks ago, you, you, the the movie was when the movie was on owned. You know, I was tweeting you about that, and mm-hmm. um, so one of my friends. I was on the phone with her long distance. She hadn't seen it. I'm like, turn on, on, turn on. I said, watch this. Cause it was coming to the Samuel Barber section. And it was just like, mm. we were just sitting there. I was just like all over again. I was like, see, this is what I'm talking about. This way. She's like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that yeah. was just stunning. Well, that's but I Yeah. Bless him. Yeah. I mean, you know, he just came up with the idea while we were uh-huh. standing there. It's like, once I said, <laughs> once I said, I don't know if I can really do, you know, Aretha any justice, but I really am into the Samuel Barber yeah. tune, and he just kind of looked yeah. at me. And yeah, it's just Liz. like a little kid. His eyes just got big, and he's just like, "Hmm, okay, well, let's blah blah blah." And that to me is the magic that happens that you can't foresee. Absolutely, and look what what beauty came out of that. He's that was amazing. Just... He's amazing. 
Fantastic. Okay. All right. So I'm going to kind of pivot a little bit on the Twitter part. So now I know you're going to, you and Grand Baton, and I'm going to talk about them in a second. Um, you and your band, Grand Baton, are going to be doing a run uh, at the Blue Note in New York. But did I see a tweet from them kind of alluding to the fact that you guys are signed to Blue Note? records is are we can we expect the a word coming from you soon you know i have not seen that tweet and that is news to me okay Um, okay i have no idea (laughs) you got a label and don't know it okay what a blessing okay i was just hoping i I was hoping well you know it's interesting it's like the world is changing so quickly i mean it's a it's a beautiful uh social media world and it's just it's you know there's so many different ways to utilize it and to use it and to be a part of it so right now for me i'm just a part of it i'm not necessarily Mm -hmm. using it quote unquote you know personally except to really just be in touch with people and i think um you know, I think it's beautiful that, that uh, you know, people are, are speaking about uh, that kind of uh, joining. I just, in my gut, I don't know where my feet are supposed to land, if they're supposed to land in that way. Okay, you know? okay. So I'm just kind of keeping my mind open, because to me it's just about the music, about the music. It's like I, it's like the mantra in the back of my little, yeah. my little peanut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I got no, you and you hold to that. I, I totally, I tell you, it's just, it, I can't believe like I'm sitting here talking to you. But okay, <laughs> that's why I'm saying. But it's just, it's just like, uh, believe me, guys, go see her, please. If you have a chance, just go see her. It's the uh, coolest rock. show you'll ever see in your life. You okay, so, so let's talk about this wonderful virtuoso band of yours, Grand Baton. I mean, how in the world do you go find f- these musicians that are just I mean, they're just sick. I mean, I just don't imagine there's this sick band sitting around on the corner with nothing to do, and you go, come on. I mean, oh, my God. Every last one of them are ridiculously talented. Uh, How did you guys get together? Well, it really was uh, Linda Goldstein's um, dream, really, because when I spoke with Linda uh, when the film was – I think it was at the point that the film was getting ready to be released. I was speaking to her and um, it might've been actually after, after Sundance. Um, Okay. uh, And she was, I was, you know, I'd known her from uh, earlier, uh, from years prior, just doing uh, session work for um, Bobby McFerrin's uh, project a few years back. And so I've always liked her, always had a good feeling about her. And, um, and we had talked about management, but I just felt like I didn't really have a life to manage. I was doing fine, just sort of, you know, picking up my phone when people would reach out, just, you know, like a background singer would kind of thing. It's like a lot of background singers, none that I know of have like agents for background singing. So that's, you know, we kind of do it on mm-hmm. our own, you know, kind of word mm-hmm. of mouth and blah, blah, blah. And the studio may have your number or a producer might have your number or, or a fellow singer might have your number. And that's sort of how the work sort of happens. Um, so I didn't really have a musical artist's life to really manage. And then once the film started getting uh, some attention, I was getting calls that I didn't know how to handle. Mm-hmm. And um, because, I, I, you know, everything for me is instinctual. And so the business side of my brain wasn't really firing at all. 
So, okay. <laughs> you know, okay. just in the sense of like, you know, who do you know? Did, did, yeah, did, yeah. Can you trust these people and blah, blah, blah. And what is their intent? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And in yeah. the end, how is this going to look? And is this going to be okay? And is this, is this going to be flourishing for your career? And blah, blah, blah. I just don't think like that. So, yeah, um, yeah. So when I talked with Linda, she was like, one of the many things we spoke about was, you know, she's like, you need to. You need a band. You need a you need a group. I was like, I do. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And so then she introduced me to JC Maillard. And okay. she said, first she sent me a picture of him, and I just could just feel his energy from the photo, you know. She says, mm-hmm. I think you guys should meet. And so I, I went in the city and we met, and I felt like as soon as I laid eyes on him, I felt like I've known him forever. He's just peaceful and he's yes. calm and he's he's like deep water, but you can actually see from the top of the water all the way down to the very bottom where all the rocks and the shells and the life is happening. He's just that transparent, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's just talented and he he dreams and he's not stuck and he's 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 inspiring he's just absolutely inspiring and so you know between he and Linda they talked about who uh, the other uh, musicians should be um, and so Terry Arpino uh, and JC knew each other for years and so it ended up being a beautiful um, extension and when I met him, when I met uh, Terry, I was just like, there's just something about him that's just warm and cuddly. He's mm-hmm. he's just, he's warm and cuddly, but he's also strong. You know what I mean? He beats the heck out of them drums mm-hmm, like they mm-hmm. stole something, you know. But he does, yes. he does it in a way that's just so different. And it's just so joyous. He's just so full of joy. He's one of the few people I know that looks at a situation and really, truly tries to find the good in it always. He's just that guy, you know? Yeah, He's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, um, and then, you know, we had, um, then, you know, the very first time we went out, we had uh, uh, slightly different people, but uh, the, the actual group now is with Aiden Carroll, who is an amazing bass player, beautiful singer, beautiful songwriter. Um, and so uh, JC knew him and pulled him in and there's just something about him that reminds me a lot of Daryl Jones. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's just in, 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 in not, not in playing style, but just in mm-hmm. personality. He's quiet, but when he speaks, it's always something deep. He's got a gentle smile. He, um, when he plays, he is so committed. He is so mm-hmm. deep in, and it's this thread that the three of us the four of us actually share this feeling of um of really being committed to the moment really being alive in the moment Mm -hmm. and I just I've never had the opportunity to feel that in this particular way before and I just I (laughs) I just feel thankful I'm just really yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well you know what and I just I just thought about this just now and this isn't prepared but (laughs) When I see you guys play, and, and the only other group I've ever seen that become you guys just become like one 
living thing, like one living soul when you're playing together is my mm-hmm. observation. And the only other band, and it's going to sound like random salad, but it's, it, trust me, it's not. The only band I've ever seen that does that, if you've ever seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <gasps> oh, they are, them. yes, Oh my God. Same thing. Same thing. I must see them live. Yes. Yes. I mean, they just play. It's like they meld into one living organism when they play. And that's what I see with you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for just, uh, for that feeling. Cause you know, you can't, you know how like you, you're walking through the planet and you don't see yourself, you feel yourself, but you don't see what other people see. No, mm-hmm. And probably that's a good thing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you know, you just kind of walk and you observe the world. It's just, I'm just thankful for those moments that we can be together, literally together in the music. Yes. In that timeless place, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a re- Seriously, I, I tell you, if you, if you, you go see the Chili Peppers, just, you know, hit me up, tweet me, call me, whatever, and be like, girl, I know what you mean. Yeah, we, my, my sister and I, lucked, we're big fans. We got front row seats. It was just a beautiful thing. But okay, oh all right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks I lo- love Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to do that. got to do that. Okay. So let me um, let me ask you a little more about this tour. So what are your hopes for this, hopes, your goals for this tour? Um, you're going to be out quite a while. What do you want to, what are you hoping for and what do you want to accomplish with it? I think just to to continue um, that 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 feeling of 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 timelessness. It's like I keep wanting to go back there and go back there and go back there. It's just um, it's an endless place and it's full of space, but it's also um, how can I say? It feels warm. It feels like like warm water you ever like you know the difference like when you're running the water in a, in the in the sink or the bathtub and you put your hand in and there's that moment when you can't quite feel uh uh temperature as much as you feel a change of um of texture that's the feeling that I'm addicted to and want to share. So that's sort of the goal is to share that, that feeling with people. Um, and to just, um, just to, to share the feeling of joyousness, you know, I think the world really, um, is hungry for that. At least I know that I am. It's like I gravitate towards, um, anything that's vibrating that energy, you know, and I think it's inspirational for me to be around that kind of energy. Um, and I'm hoping that that ignites, uh, that kind of energy in other people and just elevates us all really, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, it does. Trust me. Trust me. I'm going to tell you, I I don't know if you know, and you know, in the African American church tradition, you know, you hear people talk about they went to church and the spirit was really high. Yes, Lord. That is the way that show I went to first show I went to with your you was your of yours in in Raleigh I mean it was like freaking church I'm like I don't know she realizes this it was like like when you sang bird in the house and the birds came and landed on the awning of the (laughs) the amphitheater I was like, and the wind, it was like hot as blazes, and then the wind blew. I was like, you know, and then you got a dancer on the subject and spontaneously came. I said, 
God, you have showed up over here. This chick's got the anointing, as we say down south. I was just like, this is unbelievable. I mean, really, what? It it really was. It's the music. It's the energy. It's the music, and it's um, it's 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 this it's the spirit of the music. It's the spirit moving through people more than. Uh, people themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just amazing, and and plus there was a there was a guest singer that day. Yeah, uh, you had uh, Shayna Tucker. No, 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 no. Chris, no. Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, see. <laughs> okay, so let let me just tell y'all. Look, so Lisa brought to my surprise. I'm, I was just gonna shake her hand. Brings so come up. And I'm like, okay. And where she introduced me to the audience. I didn't know she was going to remember me, right? So then I look over and and it's in the middle of Miss You by the Stones, right? So it's on that break, that da 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 da, you know. (laughs) And so she goes and gets the mic and then she's walking toward me. And let me just tell you the fear of God that that sight, not mean that I enjoy being with Lisa, but I mean, this is like. Picasso walking towards you with a paintbrush or Michael Jordan walking toward, towards you with a basketball. I'm going to leave that face I cannot, I'm not being modest. I cannot sing. My daddy can sing. My sister can sing. My nephew can sing. I can't carry a tune to the corner. And, 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 and you know what this, this, this living legend says to me? Yeah, you can't just say who. I was like, okay, you know what? She ain't taking no for an answer. That's it. <laughs> so let me just, so I went on and went, because I love this you. So I just went on, with, you know, mouth wide open. Whatever. So it was great. That was just the it's, uh, highlight of my life. Girl, the highlight of my life. It's amazing when people open that part of themselves to me. It's just the most beautiful thing in the world when someone uh-huh. who's not, accustomed to singing actually sings i just love that that is the no i mean that in the most sincere really? way i really, really? do i really oh, cool. do. okay because it's a it's a release it's a release uh-huh. of sound and it's a and it's a freedom and there's a joy and there's a, this you're just kind of like whoa and it's just yeah. i just love that i love seeing people do that thank you well thank and thank you for indulging me because well a my family has has Every time you do something, they want to know. They're like, "Okay, are you going to be opening? Are you are you going to be an appearance? Are, are you going are you going to be on the next Twenty Feet of Stardom DVD?" Blah, 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 blah. And I, I said, "Joke." I put that on my on my bio on my regular blog, and I just say, "Look, you know, yeah, I got to sing on stage with Lisa Fisher, and I, you know, I will probably tell you that at least three times in the first hour you meet me." But it's in my bio. Well, the highlights of my my life it will be in my memoirs. I thank you for that. Okay, so I, and I'm glad you're having fun. So listen, I want I got one more question. I want to just get into lightning round real fast. But mm-hmm. listen, um, you know, you have touched a lot of genres of music, and some probably I don't even know about. But one I haven't really seen you touch or grace just yet is is hip hop. Um, are you a fan of hip hop at all? Um, if if uh, Common or Kendrick Lamar, somebody picked up the phone, called you to collabo, would you would you be open to that? Yeah, I think I would. I um, I just haven't really been asked. I guess I don't know. You know, I guess because of my age, I don't know if that 
was in the cards for my generation and so it's 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 an expression it's a freedom it came at a time when you know there wasn't a whole whole lot of music in the schools and so you know my my mindset about it is really from a different time period mm-hmm. and so you know when i think about you know drums being like sort of like the first language so to speak you know um it's the rhythm the rhythm and the message the rhythm and the message is what hip you know hip-hop and rap and all that is about um some of it I understand some of it I don't understand some of it I'm I'm uh shocked at some of it I'm like yeah you know what I mean so <laughs> yeah. but I don't necessarily follow it per se I don't know artists like if somebody said what's a what's a common record what's a blah 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 record what's that? I, I don't know any of that because <laughs> you know half the time I'm out there just trying to you know work and do my thing so mm-hmm. I'm not you know mm-hmm. I really haven't studied it but yeah. usually what I tend to do is like once I'm presented with the situation I will sit and study and listen and vibe an artist you know and just get the energy of them because at that point then it's it's fresh and it's new and it's the energy it's it's like a, a newly lit candle you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I usually tend to kind of study study things in that way unless there's a particular thing I'm interested in uh, for whatever reason at the moment okay mm-hmm. okay cool. well I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with another Spotify playlist of my who I'm liking currently that oh. I, th- I think you will like I you know I, I do get a little bit ratchet and get into some you know stuff but I'll, I'll get fine. you some stuff I think you'll like yeah, yeah. oh that's cool it. okay all right well we'll, we'll bring okay. it I'll get you some Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar and some stuff and uh Talib Kweli and stuff but okay mm-hmm. all right so I'm gonna shift and get into what I call the lightning round and these are just fun silly questions that I like to ask just to kind of wrap up as since you're my guest gladiator today so <laughs> you know you know my show my I do recaps of scandal and get ratchet talking about scandal and all that sort of thing and and so the first thing I want to ask is now you know on the show and as you can tell by the name of my podcast um Olivia Pope um loves wine right so do you have a favorite wine that you could you drink i you know i lately have been well for a long time to be honest um i like sake i like uh the uh, june mai uh daijinjo um any any of those will 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 suffice i'm just a it's something about sake for me is just i dig (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I like remember remembering that you you have an aller- allergy to to tannins in red wine. Is that right? Yeah, or the histamines or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to drink mead wine, which yeah. is which. Um, uh, for those y'all don't know, and I'm not trying to be bougie, but no, that's wine that's made um, from honey. Uh, the honey runs. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. All right. I love Honey Run. There's a cherry yeah, yeah. cherry wine by Honey Run. They're difficult to find, but if you ask uh, your local um, winery <laughs> instead of the liquor store, if you ask your <laughs> local winery, um, they will usually will order a case and 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 whatever, and then usually okay. you'll, you'll have a better chance of getting it by the case. But they have all these great flavors. Um, Blueberry, cranberry, um, and cherry, which is my favorite one. Okay, okay, cool. And I'll link all this up, listeners. I'll, I'll link all these up, uh, these things that Lisa's mentioning in the show notes. Don't tweet her and ask her, girl, where you say you get that? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Oh, no, don't ask her. 
Google stuff before you tweet her. When you go, Ben? <laughs> Nebraska. Look at this. The child got a website. Stop. It's sweet. Hey. It's sweet. Okay. If I can answer, okay. I usually do. Usually I'll hey. just. Uh... We're trying to help you out. Yeah. You know how. <laughs> You know, how the, the, you know how the links do. We trying to help. if we could just follow us over here to LisaFisherMusic.com. Oh, All right, okay. So guilty pleasure snack. You got to Liv's guilty pleasure snack. Obviously, is popcorn. You got to you have a favorite guilty pleasure <laughs> snack. You want to share? My uh, guilty pleasure snack is from Nuts.com. There's a choc- mm-hmm. dark chocolate covered sugarless, um, sugar free um, almond. Ah. I absolutely adore. Okay. I love it. Chocolate-covered, okay. dark chocolate-covered sugarless almonds. Oh, my gosh. Sugarless? Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Uh, so noted. I'm, I'm putting it on the list. All right. Okay. I don't know if, you, if you've gotten to watch Scandal much. Have you ever seen it? If you have, What's your favorite Scandal moment if you have one? <laughs> what, is it Melly? The, the yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so when she when she creeps through the closet looking for her moonshine, actually cracks me up. That's one of my favorite, you know, like, go to stress moments. I just have to yeah. giggle. I was at a dear friend's wedding, and I think that might have been the first time I actually no, might have been the second time that I actually tried moonshine, and it was amazing. And so now it's starting to be like the the, the cool thing to get into yes. now, you know. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. Melon yeah, moonshine. A, okay, okay, yeah, because I think there's a, a restaurant in Austin called Moonshine, really? and they they sell it. Mm-hmm. Oh Austin, Texas. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Some of my uh, f- uh, blogger friends, when they have um, uh, South by Southwest mm-hmm. festival, you know, they they I've seen pictures from there, uh, but I won't tell any more than that. Uh, <laughs> which which gladiator do you, would you say? And when I say gladiator, I'm talking about person on scandal. Would you say you're most like and why? Mm. Well, I would I would have to probably say. Quinn. Really? Interesting. Yeah, there's something. I, I guess I say that because there's something so relaxed about her. She seems um just cool and relaxed, you know, except when she's like, you know, tightening somebody up. But basically, she tends <laughs> to be cool and relaxed yeah. with the way that she dresses and her... You know, her look is very fresh and relaxed and beautiful. And um, and she, uh, yeah, she just seems cool. Just something about it just seems chill to me. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's a very good observation. You're the first person I've interviewed who said that. Everybody else has said, oh, I'm like Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Didn't know that about these are Some of these are people I know. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Interesting. I mean, I think (laughs) Olivia's character is just amazing. First of all, just as an actress, I think she's amazing. But her character is just so powerful and just so wise and so smart. And then there's so many surprises. And and I love her freedom of being. There just doesn't seem to be anything holding her back to be the right. best her that she can be, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think too, I love the thing I've heard Carrie say about this character is, you know, we all have flaws and it has, that character has kind of freed women. And I think particularly black women from 
we don't have to be perfect superwoman on TV anymore. Mm-hmm. That we can be flawed. Right. You know, we could show, hey, I got I, I got junk. You know, mm-hmm. I got jacked up enough in my life. Absolutely. So yeah, I think I think that's that's I don't mean like that. Uh, anyway, I, I'm just saying I think it it's freeing for her to. not have to be perfect superwoman buttoned up, you know, all the time. So I think that's, that's, that's really key. All right. Uh, Let's see. Um, If you could be the music supervisor on Scandal, what, what two or three songs would you choose to (laughs) ask? It's interesting you ask that because I adore their choices. I I don't know who's in charge of that, but the choices that they make just resonate with me. I just love uh, the music that they choose. Um, I, I love a Roberta Flex first time ever. So your face would be one. Uh Uh, Luther Vandross house is not a home would be another. And four tops standing in the shadows of love. Good one. I love all of them. Absolutely <laughs> love all of those. Okay. All right. So you, you did real well in Lightning Round, Lisa. Thank you. That's probably the best one I've had so far. Um, and I probably be the best one I've ever had. Okay. So, <laughs> well, listen, uh, real, 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 so real quick, uh, Wine Gladiators, I want to just let you know that um, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you love audio. And if you haven't already, um, you can get an amazing audiobook for free on me. Um, uh, like Shonda Rhimes, creator of Scandals, new one, which is called The Year of Yes, that is now available uh, from our sponsor, audible.com. And you can go to my exclusive link uh, and get that for free and get a 30 day trial for Audible audiobooks, which is at audibletrial.com forward slash wine and popcorn. And uh, listen, guys, if you want to connect with Ms. Lisa Fisher and Grand Baton online, I have linked uh, to her site and her Twitter and Facebook and everything we've talked about uh, is in the show notes at the bottom. Um, And it's on wineandpopcorn.com. It is on iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, SoundCloud. Lisa Fisher, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and your experience and experience. As I always say, thank God for the gift that is you, and thank you for being a cool friend. Oh, Miss Versa, thank you. It's such an honor to do. Thanks so much. You are you're most welcome. Thank you. And uh, as Olivia Pope always says, until next time, it's handled. No hang around, please. Liz, hit the tables. Get them tables clean. Liz's birthday party tomorrow night.